Hello and Love welcome to Talk everyone. Radio. Hello and welcome, everyone. Thank you guys so much for tuning in here tonight to the FTI Combat Sports Show. My name is Chris Asbrock, and I'm joined, who well, I will be joined here shortly, hopefully by uh, Jen Kim. And we are also joined by Steve Hollowell. Steve, how are you doing tonight, man? Great, Chris. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. No problem. It's been a while since we've done one of these shows. Kind of reviving, Absolutely. you know, the show Back from the Dead. So we figured, hey, what a better, you know, what a better event than UFC 205 to uh, to get it going again. Absolutely, no better time. If you're not excited about this exactly. card, I don't know what can get you excited. <laughs> my thoughts exactly. Now, did you watch any of the uh, the press conference today, by any chance? I did. I absolutely did. I mean, yeah. the, the great thing about the whole Conor McGregor thing is basically anything that he does now is. It's something you got to tune into. So I tune in, and yep, he did not disappoint. <laughs> that he did, I know. And that's one thing about it is, and I was telling Jen, you know, when we were at work today, you know, his shtick is just—it's getting old to me. But I still can't help but but tune in. I mean, you you just can't help it. And yeah, uh, that's exactly. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, he, the guy can sell fights, you know. And I will say this, I I thought from when this fight was announced, I thought from a talking aspect, um, Eddie Alvarez was just going to get ate up. But, and and I mean, it's, it's hard to stay with Connor regardless, but I I mean, he held his own today. He came out with some and when he walked out, I thought that was phenomenal. I thought that was a great move. So he's, he's doing his part. I know that definitely was not a rookie move there by uh, by Alvarez. I was impressed yeah. by him. So, you know, it's things like that that you know that that really get this going. But now, do you think? I mean, obviously, we're going to run through the card here. You know, you know, here in a couple minutes. But do you think sure. today? Because obviously, you know, we obviously had the election on Tuesday, and you know, with with all the hype that that took, you know, do you think people? Do you think that may have? taking the time and, and switch their mentality from, from you know, the, the election, post-election to now this UFC card coming up? Do you think that could have, like, today, basically? Because now you kind of saw exactly what, you know, hey, here it is. It's, you know, we're two days away from from the fight. So yeah. do you think that that's kind of shifted people's mentality now from, you know, what happened on Tuesday, you know, or Wednesday morning to to now Saturday night? Uh, you know, I, I don't actually. I think it probably has uh, the opposite impact to the casual fan. I mean, regardless if they're if they're watching the fight or not, and um, they'll make that decision obviously on Saturday. But I think for a lot of people, just going through that whole election process, and then obviously the day after, I honestly I, I know people that aren't watching the fight and they just want to enjoy themselves this week and have something fun to look forward to. Um, but I can tell you that, you know, my buddies that, that do watch the fights, heck, we were talking about this on Sunday and through the election. We almost wanted to just get that over with and get to the weekend. So, you know, I, <laughs> exactly. for me, it literally, for me, it makes no difference. Um, and, and like I said, I think people are just looking for some enjoyment. So uh, I think, you know, if, if you're just a sports fan in general, you turn on ESPN, you turn on, Fox Sports. I mean, it's been on there for the past two days, so more and more people will will tune in for it. 
Exactly. Well, Jen, uh, I see you have joined us. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Just enjoying the show you guys are talking about, man. <laughs> well, hey, you, How you know, guys I, doing? Steve and I, hey, we're not bad, man. We're not bad. Good. Steve and I were just talking, and uh, did you get a hey, chance to watch Conor any McGregor, of the You know, just being late on the show. <laughs> hey, hey! You run on gin time, man. That's how it works. That's yeah. I run on gin time. <laughs> I was actually, uh, I was gonna call in, and then I saw uh, some of the videos on ESPN how he went AWOL at the press conference. I was trying to throw oh, a yeah. chair and stuff. So, <laughs> well, that was pretty funny because I, I was watching that, you know. I, <laughs> I was gonna t- I was gonna send it to you today, Jen, while we were at work, and I was because I was I had yeah. it on in the background, and I was like, well, and then because you know they were t- they kept talking, you know, because Connor, like you know, like he said at night, he runs on Connor time, and yeah. <laughs> so I mean he's he's fashionably late, and then he shows up wearing this white fur coat, and I'm like, all right, okay, <laughs> now I have to watch this now, and I'm so glad I did because you know it just it's so it's it's typical Connor, man. I, I uh, you he's know, got a, he's got a Jenny, white you know, coat on, a red turtleneck <laughs> sweater. <laughs> it's it's priceless, man. It is absolutely oh priceless to watch. He said he said he he runs New York City. I was laughing my ass off. Oh my god! <laughs> he said I know you can't help it. Oh, that's amazing. He said in his thick Irish accent, he goes, "I'm a effing pimp," is what he said. <laughs> I know. I tell oh you what, you can't help but laugh. I mean, now, do you think? You know, I'm going to throw this out to both of you guys. Do you think that this ad added um, some more pay per view buys? I mean, because obviously this is the hands down. And you know, us as fight fans, we know the the impact of this card. Do you think oh, that absolutely. this card and everything that happened today? Do you think that that will add some more pay per view pay per view buys on top of that? Man, that, that conference he had being late, taking the belt off the table and putting it in front of him, and then picking up a chair and trying to throw at him, that right there bought another 100,000 pay-per-views, man. All the people watching ESPN or, you know, looking at ESPN.com, uh, those three video clips were on the front page, back to back to back. And look at me. I'm late to the podcast because I'm watching this stuff right now. <laughs> so... Think about all the kids, all the people in the United States and outside the United States going online and checking this out like, oh, my God. I mean, Conor McGregor, man, he knows how to sell. I mean, he really does. So him doing his job, you know, that's just him doing his job. And people are going to go in and be like, oh, my God, they're going to really go at it. I'm going to watch this fight, you know, because a lot of people will probably say, well, Eddie Alvarez is not the big name. I mean, he's a champion, but this is his first title defense, you know. It's not like he's been there for a long time and Conor McGregor's coming in to take his title. It's just Conor McGregor is a big name. And if it was like Jose Aldo or, you know, uh, Nate Diaz, you know, third fight or something like that, that would be a big sell. But fighting Addy Alvarez, they're probably thinking, oh, we got to sell this big time. And pulling that, you know, shenanigan off on TV, man, that was just priceless, man. I was really enjoying that. really did. It was good. It was really good. What do you think? Now, Steve, what are you thinking now, uh, pay-per-view by-wise, you know, like what, if this added any? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one, it was just entertaining in general, but I think the overall point is how often do we talk about 
press conferences, which is never. And this, <laughs> like, exactly. like you said, will be on ESPN. It'll be on Fox Sports nonstop. I mean, I, I think, you know, they really uh, – they really, I mean, it's always kind of been a part of the fight game, obviously, even at the press conference to hype it up. But I think the biggest impact that it had was um, McGregor's first fight with Diaz when um, he was supposed to fight Dos Santos and then Diaz came in there. And, I mean, just based off that first press conference that they had, I mean, everybody got hyped up about it. And I'm sure the pay-per-views just jumped up based off that. So, yeah, this is going to be – this is going to be an ongoing thing with Connor and press conferences, so and that's not a bad thing. Oh, that, that was will, good yeah, too. I, like when uh, when uh, Connor and uh, Diaz's first press conference, that was a really good one too. Because, I mean, Connor is a character, but so is Diaz. You know, he's got that yeah. stock. You know, he's got that attitude. So, yeah, I like that one. Like I remember uh, the, the press conference and then Diaz coming in and whooping his ass. Like man, this is about <laughs> to get interesting. <laughs> Exactly. And Connor said exactly. it right. I mean, he said it. He said it on the conference. He goes, "Without him, this whole shit sinks." I mean, it totally makes sense. I mean, you know, because you know the rise of Bellator, them signing multiple fighters, really taking away some of the top prize fighters in UFC, and signing up a couple of the top wrestlers in college right now. Uh, without without uh, Conor McGregor and a couple other big names, obviously. Uh, the UFC could be in trouble, you know, as far as being the the biggest, uh, you know, MMA uh, venue. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 I think Connor is just doing what he's supposed to do, and you could tell Dana White obviously enjoys it, you know, because it helps the company. You know, he's not stopping anybody when they're about to throw a chair. He's just standing there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Well, now that this, I mean. It, and I heard it perfectly on the uh, on the radio today as I was heading home. You know, looking at this card, I, you know, obviously, you know, Steve and I touched on how this is the biggest, you know, this is the biggest fight card, you know, in the history of the, of the UFC. Just the prelims alone are enough to, you know, to have their own fight night. That's how incredible this card is top to bottom. And that's losing, you know, a fight featuring, you know, Rashad Evans and, 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 and Miller. So, I mean, that right there, you know, I – that's a, I mean, that's a tough, you know. Or I meant Tim Kennedy, not not Miller. Um, yeah, yeah, so I mean, lose the fight. Yeah, it's often it's actually been rescheduled. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, it's Rashad Evans taking on Tim Kennedy. Uh, the fight was off because of, I believe it was an issue with an MRI with Rashad Evans, and because now the the, um, I guess the. It's really strict the way that the New York State Athletic Commission, like everything is, and how they handle these fights. Everything's real strict with the medicals and stuff like that. Yeah. I believe there was an issue with this MRI, so it's been postponed now, but it's going to be taking place uh, in, I think, December 10th, which is the uh, UFC card in Toronto. So that's going to be oh. there. So, that, you know, that works out. So that was, I believe, just announced today. Um you know, but I mean, looking at the card, though, I mean, you've got, you know, let, let's kind of touch here on the on the UFC Fight Pass portion. Uh, that begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, and that's going to have Liz Carmouche taking on uh, newcomer Caitlin uh, Chukagian, who is undefeated. Uh, this is going to be, you know, to start off the card. I think this is this has the potential to be a really good uh, good way to get it going. I mean, both, you know, both you know both women can strike. 
Um, you know, kind of what are you guys' thoughts on this fight? Because this, you know, this has a relatively, you know, a newcomer in Caitlin uh, Chukagan versus, you know, Liz Carmouche, who a lot of people have seen. Um, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on this fight? Well, I'll just say, well, first off, let me t- the Rashad thing was devastating to me. I'm a Rashad fan. I, I wanted to make a run at 185. Hopefully he does. The, you know, like you said, the fight's still going to happen. But, man, I was disappointed. And then, you know, we're also getting greedy. I mean, the, the card is stacked. So, um, but can't wait to watch that fight. Anyway, getting back to this. Um, so yeah, Caitlin definitely <laughs> – I had to vent that out. I was disappointed in that. But, um Caitlin, a newcomer. Um, Liz, I think, kind of gets overlooked in the division. I mean, she's only lost to the best of the best in the division. Um, still a great fighter. It's a big, big show to to start out your UFC career. So I would pick Liz in this fight. That's my yeah, thought. Would, uh, what about you, Jen? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Carmouche, you know, she's a beast. Uh, she really does fight the top of the top, you know, in her weight class around the world. Uh, I think, I think the two factors I consider this though is that uh, Caitlin uh, Chicagoan is fighting in her home turf. I believe she's from uh, New York or New Jersey, and uh, the fact that uh, slightly younger, I think she's taller too. Uh, she is. She's taller and has a reach and in both leg and arm. So, you know, yeah. that, that's going to be something to watch out for. Yeah, Liz Kamushi, she's not old, but she's in her 30s, and I think Caitlin is in her 20s, right? Like a mid to late 20s, like 26 or 27 or something like that. Uh, yeah. I think uh, I think the fact that uh, Liz Kamushi uh, being off for a year and a half, almost, yeah, almost a year and a half, might have a factor in this fight. Uh, if she was busy, if she stayed busy the past year and a half and fought a few times, I would have picked Liz Kamushi, but... Uh, the fact that she's been off for so long, I'm going to go with the newcomer who's undefeated, uh, Caitlin uh, Chicago on this one. Yeah, that's kind of I, – I think that the reach – I think that reach, you know, parking, I think that may play a bigger role in it than, than what I'm thinking, you know. I mean, just in looking at it, um, you know, like you said, you know, she's, she's a newcomer. So, you know, that – you know, and this is a huge stage to, uh, you know, like we were saying to – to start your, you know, your UFC career, basically. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, but the other fight on the on the fight pass portion, which is, I mean, just incredible, Jim Miller taking on Tiago Alves. Again, another fight that's, you know, it's, that's loaded. I mean, it's a great, a great fight. Uh, Jim Miller that's coming 27 fight. and 8. Exactly, I know. And then Tiago Alves, 26 and 10. You know, there's going to be... This is going to be a good one. You know, this has uh, – to me, this has finish written all over it. What do you guys think? This is a tough one to call, man. It really is. Uh, because, I mean, it's – Jim Miller, you know, this guy has won so many fight of the night awards. This this is going to be a bloodbath. I just know it. Uh, Tiago Alves, uh, this is a 155, correct? Uh, is this a uh, – yeah, it is. You know what? Is it 155? Okay. Yeah, so Tiago Alves coming down from 170 to 155. Uh, I could see him uh, using his strength a little bit on this, but just because of the fact that Jim Miller is just a straight-up brawler, I mean, you see what he did to Diego Sanchez 
I mean, it's just uh, you really don't know. I mean, this I had to pick. It was a toss-up. Like, I literally just played my coin uh, to see which one it would go. Uh, I picked Alves just because he's used to fighting at 170, so I'm guessing he's, he might be a little bit stronger. And I, I thought Jim Miller was going to retire uh, last year or something like that. So that's <laughs> the only reason. But this could be either way. I don't know uh, how you guys feel about it. Yeah, so, I was, so this is my – this is my last uh, venting, I guess, about it, because I can't really vent about this card. It's loaded, like we've been saying, but the fact that this is on Fight Pass is disappointing to me, honestly, and I, and I hope not. But, I mean, this could be fight of the night on the whole card, right? These guys are yeah, both right? just fun to watch. Um, I think the matchup is great and going to be entertaining. Um, I, I give the slight advantage uh, to Alves just because, I mean – his stand-up and leg kicks are, are pretty phenomenal. Um, and he he's looks good at 155, so I'll go with Alves. I would have to agree. I think I think Alves just – I think he brings more to the table in this one. Uh, it's going to be obviously one heck of a fight, especially, you know, like we said, with it being at 155 and, you know, Alves coming down to that. I mean, that usually, you know, it's pretty much the advantage there. I mean, even though Jim Miller's got the he's got the leg reach advantage, and uh, he also has a, just a slight of uh, reach advantage and uh, you know arm wise, just by an inch. So when that, but Thiago Alves, I mean the guy's a beast. I mean he fifty percent take uh, TKO. I mean so he, you know he, he'll he'll knock you out, and you know this this has the potential to be a uh, like you said a fight of the night one there, Steve. So, I mean I, I can't you know I can't disagree with you on that one. Yeah, I could see this go either way. I could see uh, Tiago Alves finishing early, uh, KO, TKO within the first two rounds. Or if it goes distance, Jim Miller can easily take this fight all the way. Like, I've seen him do it with Diego Sanchez multiple times. This guy loves fighting long-distance fights. I don't know what it is about him. He just he loves getting bloodied up. And his cardio is great. So, have you seen it? So, that's, yeah. that's the thing. I, you know, it really depends on how far this fight goes. It could be a quick one. Tiago Alves is pretty, uh, he's got a heavy hand, but if Jim Miller plays smart, he takes this his distance, man, it could be either way. It's a tough one. I'm, I'm 100% with you, Jen, on that one. That's, yeah, this could definitely could be a fight of the night candidate. Uh, next one, yeah, the one that's sure. actually going to be kicking, the one that's going to be kicking off the uh, FS1 portion, the prelims, which is starting at 8 o'clock uh, Eastern time. Uh, Vicente uh, Luque and uh, Bilal Muhammad. So this is one that we you know each fighter has uh, 10, 10 wins coming in. Uh, Luke is uh, 10, 10, 5, and 1, and Muhammad uh, 10 and 1 overall. So this is going to be, you know, this one, this one, this, this one intrigues me because I'm curious to see how uh, Muhammad comes in on this one. He, the guy can, he lands some strikes, and I'm curious to see how. Um, how, you know, how that will actually affect, you know, you know, going into this fight. I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I'll just say, I mean, good for these guys for getting on this card. When you look at the whole card, and that's not a knock on them. They're both great fighters. Um, but, you know, top to bottom, it's, it's names and everyone. Not a lot of people know uh, these guys, but – you know, here is your chance to kind of put on a show. So um, I have Muhammad in this. My my kind of breakdown, they're both very good fighters. Um, Muhammad is actually from Chicago, and as we all know, Chicago has a little bit of luck going on right now. 
So I think that's going to ride with him in this one. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I try to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm an Indian fan. Anyway, yeah. yeah I got to give a slight ass to Muhammad. I think I think I picked Luke Hate just because, uh, uh, you know, I like his camp, Luxillian, uh where he's fighting out of. Although this is coming in a short notice, I think. I think he's replacing somebody else. Uh, but uh, I, I guess I give a Muhammad a slight edge because he's a great uh, wrestler too. Uh, I don't know how good uh, Luke's uh, jiu-jitsu is, but uh, if this goes to the ground, I can see Muhammad finishing pretty early. So a lot of people are picking Luke, though, man. They think uh, this guy has really good striking. So, yeah, this is another one. I mean, you really don't know because... You know, these guys are kind of unknown. Uh, so you, you haven't seen these guys in the prime time. You really don't have a lot of footage of them. So it's kind of hard to pick. But, yeah, I think I think I picked Luke just because uh, a lot of the pros picked him in his favor. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, honestly. But, uh, yeah, I, I, can see, I can see Muhammad winning this one, uh, especially if he decides okay. to take him down early and ground and pound him. Well, I think in this case, I mean, I think if the fight goes to the ground, I think Luke will have uh, – Muhammad's never had a submission victory. Uh, I, I think if it, if it stays standing, that's where I'll give Muhammad the, the advantage. I mean, he, he lands an average of 4.88 uh, significant strikes per minute. So that right there is huge. However, he does take a lot of damage. So, you know, he, he absorbs over five, you know, per minute. So that, you know – that's that's not looking good. I mean, I think that I think he's going to try to you know to to duke it out with him. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Um, I, you know what? I I'm going to go with uh, Luke on this one. I think he's got the reach advantage, and I, I think he's I think he's going to get it done. I mean, I I think that if it goes to the ground, I think that that's where that could be the the difference there. Um, I mean, he's got an 80 percent takedown average uh, or accuracy. So you know, we'll see. But I'm going to pick Luke on this one. I think he's going to, uh, I think he's going to come in and get it done. Let's see here. Now let's go to the next one here on the uh, the FS1 portion. Rafael Natal and Tim Booch. So this one, um, you know, 185. Curious to see how this one's going to go. I don't, I don't think it's going to be too. Uh, I don't think it's going to be too good for uh, for Mr. Boach tonight or on Saturday night. I think Natal is just, you know, I think he's the, I think he's the man in this one. Steve, what are you thinking on this between these two uh, between these two veterans? Yeah, yeah, definitely veterans. They've both been around, uh, you know, proven proven their capabilities to really finish uh, fighters. I I, I want to. I'm a big I don't want to say big, but Tim Bosch fan. I mean, I love he goes in there, uh, throws, and even when he's in trouble, has a – I mean, um, if anybody's seen his fight against Okami, he was in a world of trouble, came back, fought through. Um, So I'm going to go with Bosch on this one. Okay, there you go. What about you, Jim? Like like Steve said earlier, this card is so stacked, and they just have so many good competition here. It's just really – you don't really have a lot of – Fights on this card that's easy to pick for me. <laughs> uh, I picked uh, I picked Natal on the my prediction with my picks, but yeah, this could go either way. This is one of those fights that you really don't know how it could happen. I mean, this the odds uh, they have right now they're they're pretty close. 
it's almost even. I think it's like minus one fifty in Natal last time I checked. Uh I think I think I'm gonna go with Natal on this one. Uh and you know, just only only just because uh it's jujitsu. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I understand. I mean, this is, like I said, this card, you know, we, we keep saying it, but it, it's the absolute truth. I mean, it, it's so stacked that, you know, this could be a card where we're going to see a lot of finishes or, you know, all these fighters are so good. And this card is so stacked. We could see, I mean, it's it's completely conceivable that every single one of these fights go to the judges. That's how good this card is, you know. I mean, we're truly lucky as fight fans to see this. I mean, this is something that, you know, just absolutely incredible. And, you know, and that's why it's so hard to pick some of these fights. I mean, it's like, you know, hey, as fight fans, I mean, I, would we want anything worse, you know? No, absolutely not. Now, my, my plan <laughs> is to fully take in this card and just enjoy it because, I mean, you look at the state of boxing and even in their main events, you, you know, you're getting matchups that are uneven. We're talking about a whole – MMA card here where we're excited about we're excited about the prelim fights that we don't even get to see. So, I mean, it's really enjoyable as a fight fan. I know that's this, what's incredible. This is about crazy. It. I know yeah, these I, next two fights that we're going to talk about here. I mean, these could easily I mean the headline events. I mean, that's how you know huge this is. This one, this is the fight that I'm really I'm really 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 intrigued by. To be Nevada. Let's try that one again. Vib Nurmagomedov taking on Michael Johnson. So Nurmagomedov, 23 and 0. He's the number two ranked, uh, you know, in 155. Michael Johnson comes in, at, you know, as a sixth ranked fighter. This one is could be the one of the most intriguing fights on this card. Uh, there's a lot of there's a, there's gonna be a lot that's gonna come from it. You know, that's how big of a fight this is. Uh, Nurmagi Madoff, who I mean, he's definitely made a name for himself, and he wants to put himself right back into the the championship, you know, picture. Uh, you know, a lot of people they were saying, you know, during the press conference, you know, they want Alvarez to win because they know he won't duck Nurmagi Madoff like they would think that McGregor would. So, what, do you, Steve? What What are your thoughts on um, on this? You know, I think an incredible fight. Incredible fight. Well, one thing that we're going to get out of this, no matter who wins this fight, both these guys, they're going to call out McGregor after the fight. That's just both <laughs> their personality. So I can't wait to see yeah. whoever. Um, now, here for me, this is, what, this is what I see in this fight. So Michael Johnson is, I think, a very, even, even now, underrated talent. I think the guy is vicious, um, especially when he gets on a roll. Um, he just had a, a knockout in his last fight. I am predicting uh, I'm going to give you the winner, and I'm going to say another knockout in the first round here. This is going to be a wild one, and I, I think Michael, jo- Michael Johnson is going to knock him out in the first round. Ooh. I like that pick. I like that pick, man. Ooh. I like that because he's riding the momentum, man. If you see the highlight from last one against Dustin Poirier, you could see how fast and how sharp his hand speed and how his uh, accuracy was. I mean, he hit him with an uppercut. And it, this wasn't even a, like a straight uppercut. Like, he was moving his body throwing the uppercut. I mean, when I saw that, and they had to do a slow-mo to show exactly how it did it. I and mean, it was unbelievable. And he could easily ride this momentum to knock uh, Khabib out. Let me just say this once, uh, 
how ridiculously stacked this weight class is, first of all, with Conor McGregor joining. Like, you know, before I was thinking about Tony Ferguson, I thought, man, whoever wins this fight should get a title shot. And I was like, wait, there's Tony Ferguson. I forgot about him, too. Jesus, like, who's going to get the title yeah. shot? There's, there's, like, four or five guys that could probably whoop Conor McGregor's ass. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like, oh, no, you know, I know so these I, guys fought Conor. I wouldn't know who to pick because that's how talented these guys are. Uh, obviously, Khabib has got pretty strong wrestling. Uh, his striking is pretty good. He's undefeated. And, like you said, number two fighter. And I have Khabib winning it, but like uh, what Steve said, this could easily go, you know, either way. Michael Johnson is on a roll. Uh, and he seems kind of mad that, you know, he fought Dustin Poirier. I think he wanted to fight somebody big name, uh, money fight. So, like what he said, like whoever wins this fight will probably call out whoever wins the championship fight and try to get a title. But don't forget, man, Tony Ferguson, that dude's on a roll. He might get the shot. Oh, I'm not saying – I completely agree. I think – Ferguson, Tony Ferguson deserves a title shot. I mean, you're talking about, I, and I agree with you. I think it's the, it's the strongest weight class in the UFC. And you're talking about a guy about who has a seven fight win streak. I mean, that's that's incredible. That's crazy. I, I mean, know. That's. I, I wish it wasn't so lopsided like this. I wish. Man, I really wish Conor McGregor just stayed at 145 and fought a couple other guys. I really did. Uh, because 155 alone, like he doesn't need to jump into 155, man. This. This weight class is already stacked to the top to bottom. I mean, top ten. Any of these guys can, you know, you know, pick uh, anyone in any of these top ten guys in the lightweight could easily beat Conor McGregor. I think he made a huge mistake during this. And well, you if know, he pulls something stupid like after the fight. You know how he said he's planning on saying something big. If he pulls something stupid like that and say like I'm going to, I'm going to be so upset with this guy. I may never cheer for <laughs> Conor McGregor ever. I'm serious. <laughs> well, you better not back out like that, man. That's that's not the right thing to do. So, well, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go with Khabib though. I think uh, I think it's gonna be a tough one, but uh, I think he's gonna squeeze out a decision here. I I would have to agree. I, that's what I'm gonna go with. I think I think they're wrong made up. I think he gets it done barely though. I can see that one going yeah. to the judges. Maybe a split decision. That's how that's how good it is. But you know, actually, funny, Jane, you were talking about that. That's one thing I had planned. I was going to read off the, you know, the uh, the top ten rankings for 155, and I just figured, hey, we'll go through and kind of see and kind of compare. So that's mm-hmm. funny you brought that up. So we'll, yep. we'll touch on that here in a little bit. Now this is one that could easily another uh, another one that could headline, you know, a pay per view. Uh, you know, 145. Frankie Edgar. Uh, he's the guy that. Oh yeah. He's been calling out. He's been calling out Conor McGregor for the longest time and has yet to. Uh, you know, has yet to, you know, to get, you know, to face him. And, you know, he's taking on Jeremy Stevens. Uh, comes in 25 and 12. Uh, this is the uh, this is the main event of the prelim card, or the prelim portion of the uh, the card. You know, this this one right here has, you know, <laughs> I know, that's saying something. Jen, what do you think about this fight? Because this, you know, this is going to be a good one. We, you know, we've talked about this one for a while. Oh, man, we talked about this for a long time. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Frankie Edgar. I uh, love this guy. I love his style. He's a bull, man. He really is a pit bull. Uh, well, pit bull, speaking of pit bull, Jeremy Stevens too, man. This guy is just, he's hot right now. You know, he's coming off big wins. And I really, really don't like the fact that Dana White pretty much like, what, uh, the fact that he just let Conor McGregor do whatever he wants to, running around different weight classes, dodge Frank Yeager, because I really want to see Frank Yeager fight Conor, first of all. And I think Frank Yeager would whoop him, personally. Uh, 
agree. On this fight, I'm going to agree with uh, Frankie Yeager, man. I think Frankie Yeager just has an edge on each ground and stand-up. I know Jeremy Stevens has got a wild swing, and he has that one-punch power knockout. He really does. But uh, I think Frankie Yeager is just a little bit sharper on his punches. I think, uh, I think his footwork is a little bit quicker, so I think he'll be able to dodge some of his haymakers. And uh, I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to say uh, – KO, TKO by Frank Yeager on this one. I think he's going to take him down and ground and pound him. Nice. Nice. Steve, what about you? Yeah, I completely agree with all those points. Uh, I mean, not not to talk about just how good this card is on, on every fight, but the, the nice thing is with all these fights, they're also enjoyable fighters to watch. I mean, there's not a boring Frank Yeager fight. There's not a boring Jeremy Stevens fight. So putting the two together makes a lot of sense. Um, you, you know, like you said, Frankie won. He's been, been in huge fights, massive fights. Um, and he, honestly, he kind of looks better and better. I know he dropped his last one um, to Jose Aldo. But, you know, his footwork and boxing and, and speed is just, I think, a little too too much for Jeremy Steven. He He's great with the knockouts. But I think when he goes for those knockouts, Frankie's not going to be there. He's going to be moving around. So I got Frankie in this fight. I would have to agree. I think Frankie, he just – Frankie's – he to me, he's at a whole different level in that division. I mean, I, I think, you know, if if Aldo – if he would have, you know, obviously played his cards right and, you know, against McGregor last year, you know, obviously we'd be talking something completely different right now because I think – I think <laughs> Aldo would still be, you know, I, I think he would be the champion right now. Um, and oh, yeah. we wouldn't even be talking about, about Connor, but – you know, I think Frankie. I still think Frankie's the man in this division. I mean, I know Jose Aldo. I mean, he is what he is. But Frankie, he just there's something about him. I mean, you know, he just the guy. He gets it done. I mean, and, and you look at what uh, what Chad Mendez did to to Connor on on short notice. Oh, yeah. Frankie Edgar is, you know, double, to me double the fighter that Chad Mendez is. Not saying something. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a big Chad Mendez fan, and I mm-hmm. mean that's how good Frankie Edgar is. You know, so I, I think he's. I think he gets it done. Um, I, this one could go to the judges, but I think I, I'm going to agree with Jen on this. One. I think it's going to. He'll take it to the ground, and I think he'll get it done. Uh, you know, before you know, before the before it ends up going to the judges. So, uh, but this one, I mean, I, that's the that's the main event of the prelim portion. That's saying something when that's you got Frank Yeager. I know. It's just it's absolutely nuts to see how stacked this card is top to bottom. So, you know, let's let, now let's touch on the, the main card here, the pay-per-view portion, which is set to kick off at 10 p.m. Uh, that's going to, you know, it's going to get kicked off by Misha Tate and Raquel Pennington. I mean, you know, Cupcake, she's coming off her, you know, her loss to, <laughs> uh, to Amanda Nunez. In, in a fight that I don't think, that wasn't Misha to me. I, I, that wasn't the Misha Tate that I'm used to. Uh, she just didn't look right, and I—I I mean, I'm not going to make excuses for her because Amanda Nunez—that's a bad woman right there—and you know, <laughs> took it to her. But I—I I think, you know, this one—I don't think it's going to be. I mean, Raquel's a, she's a good fighter. Don't get me wrong, she is. I just don't think she's on the level of Misha Tate right now. Or right at any time, you know. I that, that's kind of my thought on this. So, Steve, what do, you, what do you think about this? I mean, you know, kicking off the you know the main card. I think this is a great fight to get it going. It, 
absolutely another great fight. And by the way, we're going to say great fight for the rest of the, the whole card. But um, <laughs> it's interesting the the point that you brought up about Misha Tate not looking like the normal Misha Tate in her last fight. I I couldn't agree with you more on that. Now here's my thought on that though is, you know, Misha was always looked at kind of the second person behind Ronda Rousey. So. She achieved, she never, you know, she never beat Ronda Rousey, obviously, but she did get that title eventually. Now, the question is, was that her crowning achievement? That that was kind of her, you know, she was satisfied with being a champion, and now where does she go from there? Um, obviously, devastating loss last time. If we see that same Misha Tate at 205, I think she's going to get beat again, and Honestly, I, my thinking is that, yeah, she was satisfied with being a champion, and now I, I, I don't know if she'll kind of have that same drive and kind of bounce back. And in her previous fight, she did it. She was another great one of, you know, being out kind of early and then firing back, So, and which takes a lot of drive, a lot of motivation, personal motivation. Um, so, I, you know, I got an upset here. I got Raquel Pennington uh, getting a decision over Misha Tate. Hmm, interesting. What about you, Jim? That's an interesting pick. Uh, no, I agree with what Steve said about, uh, and what you said about uh, Misha Tate. After she, getting the title, I think she was a little bit arrogant. Uh, I think she was feeling satisfied. Maybe she wasn't training hard enough. Maybe she wasn't preparing hard enough for something against Nunez. Maybe she overlooked. But, yeah, like you said, Chris, uh, Misha was not Misha on that fight. Well, at least she wasn't who she was when she fought Holly Holmes. Uh, now, the thing about Raquel Pennington, I've watched her uh, when she was an ultimate fighter, when Misha Tate was her coach. Now, this is an interesting fight because now you're fighting your coach. And, and Misha said this to Raquel on the on the TV show, that Raquel is, when she's training, she probably got one of the best hands in that camp or maybe one of the top five in that weight class. I mean, her training is phenomenal. Her hand speed, her accuracy she hits like a guy, really does. She throws like a guy, kind of, kind of almost like a Joanna. Uh, but the fights I've seen of Raquel Pennington, unless she steps up in this fight, the ones previously that she fought, uh, she just doesn't have that same mentality when she's training. Like, she's holding something back. Maybe she's afraid of getting countered. I don't know exactly what it is. But from her previous fights, I remember from, uh, it's she's not the same as when she's training. And and I think Misha's going to expose that by just kind of just using her strength and wrestling. I think uh, she's going to throw a jab or two and take her down and ground and pound her. Uh, Raquel Pennington's probably going to get frustrated. She's trying to try to get back up when she does. She's going to do the same thing, take her down, ground and pound. I think Misha Tate's going to win either submission or KOTKS. I'd have to agree with that. Now, Steve, you know what? I was I completely agree with everything you said, and that was great points you brought up. And honestly, you I didn't even think about the fact that, you know, she reached the pinnacle and hey, that's it. I, I, I that may be all I need. I didn't even think of that point. I was just thinking along the lines of, she seems like she's a she's better off when she's not the face of the division. So when she is, you know, even the number one contender to everyone, that's when I think she's at her best and not the champion. And I. But we've we've only seen her as the champ once here in this division, so you know that it's hard to say. But you know, if if we see the Misha Tate, like you said, Steve, if we see the Misha Tate that you know that fought against Amanda Nunez, 
I'm picking Raquel Pennington. If we see the Misha Tate that we know that we know that Misha Tate, she's gonna. I, I don't think she'll have a problem with Raquel Pennington. It's gonna depend on yeah, her absolutely. I mean, I coming think, in. Yeah, exactly. It, it was what Misha Tate will show up, and you know, obviously, I'm not knocking her. Obviously, Misha Tate is one of the best female fighters in the world, um, but we'll see. You know, coming off that loss. Yeah, but at the same yeah, time. I mean, uh, I'm I'm a little biased too because you know I'm a big fan of Misha Tate. You know, she's a very good looking oh, I love girl. Her. Yeah, she's there's awesome. nothing wrong, nothing wrong with watching a good looking girl fight. So, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm very biased in this one. <laughs> but well, you know, I, I hope <laughs> I hope she doesn't feel like she hit the pinnacle. I hope she stays around because you know she's a, she's a great fighter. So yeah, <laughs> agreed. And and you could tell actually, and I I, I forget. No, we weren't together at this one, Jen. I was going to say watching this fight together, but you could tell when Misha was walking down, you know, when she was making her entrance to the cage, it mm-hmm. it didn't look right. You know, it wasn't, and that's what, you know, that's one of the reasons why I said it wasn't the same Tate that we've seen before. She just didn't seem, she seemed off. And I think you're going to be able to tell which Misha we're going to get when she's walking in. And that's, yeah. I think that's going to say a lot. I mean, that's you know, good, that's a good it, point. It yeah, yeah. It, it, it didn't look right the last time, so I'm curious to see how she rebounds. And I, I, you know, that's a tough, that's a tough loss, you know. And and I think it was Eddie Alvarez who said it best today uh, at the press conference. He said, you know what, you know, you learn more about yourself when that belt gets taken from you. Now, you know what, Misha, she's a veteran. I mean, she's been she's yeah. been in this fight game for a long time. You know, does she still? I mean, you always have more. You always have you know stuff to learn about yourself. So that's from you know. Hey, this is going to be a great fight to see where she you know where she comes in mentally, because you know, coming up next month, you know, there's going to be a title fight that's going to have uh, you know Ronda Rousey, you know Amanda Nunes. Yes. Yeah. You know what's what's going to be laying on the horizon for uh, for Misha Tate if she's able to pull this one off. You know. Yeah, the thing is, like what Steve said, though, like Raquel Pennington is one of the very few in women's bantamweight that has one-punch knockout power. She really does. I mean, if you've seen her trade yeah. or her highlights, whatever, she's one of the very few. Like Holly Holmes got one, obviously. Uh, I'm not even including Cyborg because she's not in the same weight class. But Raquel Pennington, has her, yeah, she's got a very heavy hands. So I hope Misha shows up as who she's supposed to be because if she's not, man, she's in big trouble. Yeah, I completely agree. Now this fight, Kelvin Gastelum coming in at thirteen and two, taking on probably one of my all time favorite fighters and cowboy Donald Cerrone. This one is a this one's a hard one to pick. Um it's gonna be at one seventy. I I don't know. This one really is a tough one for me to pick. I picked Cerrone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think in my DraftKings I picked Gastelum. I, I I didn't pick Cerny at all. I picked Gastelum. So and that's got money on it. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Gastelum's a tough dude, man. I mean, he, you know, thirty-eight yeah, percent, you know, knockout, you know, TKO, you know, decision, you know, victory. So I mean, Cerny's got the he's got the the advantage, height, and reach. Um, and the Duke can, I mean, the Duke can throw, but oh, both of them can throw. So mm-hmm. this is a tough one. This is another fight that's a really tough one for me to pick. Steve, what are you thinking 
you know, between you know, between these two guys who, you know, can easily get it done at 170. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a big, big fight for both guys, really. I mean, they're both there, 5-6 in the division, so a lot on the line. Hey, you know, Gaslam, great talent. I Still, I know he's been fine the uh, past couple of fights, but his biggest battle sometimes is, is tomorrow, the weigh-in. So hopefully he'll be great and get in there. Um, I will say this is the fight on the card where, and you said it, Chris, I mean, who doesn't like Donald Cerrone? I don't know many people that don't. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, he's just, one, he just seems like, a guy that you want to hang out with on the weekend and drink some beer with. And two, he's a phenomenal no fighter. So, you know, I'm just going to be flat out cheering for him. So I got Cerrone in this fight. There you go. What about you, Jen? Yeah, this is one of those fights that you just don't know. This is depending on how, how each fighter plans out this fight. So obviously it has a lot to do with who, how they're training. Like, uh, Calvin Gaston, once again, he's another product of the uh, Ultimate Fighter TV show, and he won it at, at uh, 185. So even though he's fighting a taller Donald Cerrone, Gaston is actually used to, and he's comfortable fighting guys way bigger than him in height, you know, height-wise. Uh, and this is the one where Uriah Hall was on the TV show. It's the same show. So, I mean, that, that whole uh, uh, the, that season of Ultimate Fighter was stacked. And I think uh, Calvin Gaslam coming down to 170, uh, you know, like uh, Steve said, it's going to be really tough for him to make that way because he, he he's built like a brick, man. He's just so thick. Like, he's, his neck is as thick as his legs. I mean, this guy is a really <laughs> big dude. Like, he's really wide, dude. You know what I mean? His shoulder is very wide. You can tell there's a lot of muscle mass. And Cerrone is going to be comfortable, you know, making that weight. He's probably he's close to his walking around weight class, my guess is. So if Cerrone decides that he's going to start kicking, he's going to do a little kickboxing and stay away from Gaslam's uh, takedown, I, I'm saying Cerrone's got a very good chance of beating the crap out of him, but Calvin Gaslam is a very strong wrestler. And he, like, like I said, he's strong as, you know, as a bull, but he's also very good at taking people down. And I think in the previous fights, I've never enjoyed watching Gaslam fight. Uh, it was kind of boring to me. Uh, in recent fights, he has stepped up and started to, you know, stand up a little more, but his earlier fights were extremely boring. So if he decides that, you know what, Sorny has a better stand-up than I do, I'm going to take him down, this could be a boring fight, really. You might just watch Gaston trying to just hold Sorony down at least three minutes out of the five each round. Uh, I picked Gaston on my prediction, but on this podcast, I'm going to go with Sorony as well. I think he will just play smarter be the cowboy that he is. Uh, stay away from him, circle him, kick him, punch him, throw the jabs, make him uncomfortable, try to, you know, be too aggressive on takedowns and possibly get hit with a knee, something like that. But, yeah, I got Cerrone. Yeah, Cerrone, he's a another, he's another dude that's just a violent man. I mean, he, I mean, when he hits, I mean, he's got like, you know, like the hockey standards, you know, you, you got toaster ovens for mitts, and that's how Cerrone yeah. is. When the guy hits you, yeah, remember, you know, you're going to feel it. Yeah, you remember when he beat the crap out of Mike Pyle? My God, that was embarrassing. <laughs> Mike Pyle couldn't take his hits anymore. He was just laying on the <laughs> laying on the mat, just like, "Stop kicking me, man!" And Cerrone was just kicking <laughs> the crap out of him. <laughs> oh my just God. hauling off and it was brutal, smashing him. I know that was a 
Yeah, that was a uh, that was a that was a bad fight to watch if you were. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was My pal, oh, friends, and family. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a good fight for him. Yeah, I forgot all no. about that because I just remember like you know Cerrone just standing back and like watching him on the ground and then just wind mm-hmm. up and like just kicking his. I mean, just man. soccer just kicking kick. his legs. Oh man. Yeah. It was brutal. It was so like bad. two minutes too. He just wouldn't stop. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was not a. That wasn't a pretty, uh, pretty situation for Mr. Powell. So, well, now here, here's a great fight. Now here, the next fight here, um, this is the fight before the three title fights. So, and that's going to feature Chris Weidman, you know, the former champ at 185, taking on Yoel, the Soldier of God, Romero. <laughs> Both fighters come in with one loss. Chris Weidman thirteen one, Romero eleven one. This one, this this means a lot to Chris Weidman, who was who was one of the the fighters who was campaigning all the way through you know New York to get MMA legalized here in, in mm-hmm. the state of New York. So finally, yep. it happened, and you knew, and you knew damn well Weidman was going to be on this card, and. Just a good dude. Um, I've always been a huge fan of Chris Weidman. Um, this is a tough one for him. This is a very, very tough fight uh, for him against Yoel Romero, who is another guy who can drop some bombs. Um, you know, Jen, you know, this is one that we talked about, and you're pretty high on Yoel mm-hmm. Romero uh, coming in. Yep. You know? Man, it's it's just a bad matchup for Weidman because he's such a good guy, all American. He's his hometown, man. He went to Hofstra right next door. <laughs> you know what I mean? And to fight somebody like Will yep. Romero, yeah, this is. I mean, Chris Weidman is you know he's four more chance. He's got the pride. He, he's earned it too. So when Dana White probably brought this up, he's like, I'll fight him. But you know, back of his mind, he's probably thinking, man. This is not a good matchup. I'd rather fight Tim Kennedy or Luke Rockwell, but Romero, man, I mean, this guy is a he's a contender. He's a he really is a championship contender guy. And uh, only thing that I don't like about Romero, and we discussed this with you, Chris, uh, how he fought the Tim Kennedy fight. Uh, I feel like uh, he should have uh, had the loss there because he refused to get out of his chair. Uh, yeah, and Tim Kennedy was beating the crap out of him in that fight, like. And you can see, uh, this is how it's go- I think this is how it's going to happen. I speak very highly of Yul Romero because of his all-around skills, you know. Very heavy hands. He's so much athletic. He's so much quicker than he looks. I mean, he's got a lot of muscle, but he's so much quicker than he looks. He's eater. His footwork is phenomenal. He's wrestling. I mean, it's world-class wrestling. Uh, problem with him, though, is that if Chris Weidman comes in, prepare, and takes the distance and keeps the fight very busy... I think he can test Yul Romero's conditioning like what had happened with uh, Tim Kennedy's fight because you could tell Romero was gassed against Tim Kennedy. So uh, hopefully Weidman plays smart, take it all the way to the, you know, the final round and take a decision here is what I'm hoping. But I think in my prediction, I picked Romero on this one just because of the yeah. the previous fight I watched uh, Romero do. Uh, you know, it's just it's a... I don't even know why he calls himself a soldier of God, man. He should just change his name to something else, like a executioner or a mean machine or something. <laughs> when he fights, there's nothing religious about his fighting style, man. He just goes for the kill. My God. Yeah, he does. He's. I mean, he's he's a guy, like I said, he can, you know, when he hits, you're going to feel it. Um, it's 
Steve, I mean, what are you? What are your thoughts on this one? Because this is one that, you know, that has it's got championship. Uh, um, you know, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm struggling to come up with it, but it's it's got it has uh, title shot. Yeah, next yeah, title shot guaranteed. Thanks, I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for for bailing me out on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, interesting. I mean, first off, credit credit to Chris Weidman. Uh, as you guys kind of hit on, you know, he was kind of one of these guys that laid the groundwork for bringing the UFC to New York. So, I mean, listen, the, the guy is going to get a standing ovation coming out. The crowd's going to love him. And, you know, I, I compare this to, to boxing here. He could come into this card and take on really anybody that he wanted because he's he's the main focus. But he's taking a very hard fight coming into it. So credit to him for taking this fight and really getting back in there, um, obviously, after he, he lost his last bout. So um, the, the one thing, and you guys all hit on points of Romero, and he is a bad dude. He's a bad man in there. Um, but you know, he's been out for a while too. And, you know, I think, I don't know, has it been over a year since he's been in there close to it maybe? Um, but he's getting back in there. I still expect him to, you know, come in there and bring it. Um, but with the time off and not being in there and also what you guys hit on, you know, he has shown that he gets gassed throughout, um, the course of a fight. Um, and Weidman, you know, he, he can stick it out and, and go the distance with anybody. So um, it, the thing with this is I've, I've heard from um, or you've, you've seen people in interviews talk about fighting in their hometown. Um, I know Rich Franklin talked about it fighting in Cincinnati, and even St. Pierre talked about it fighting in Canada. It can be difficult, um, so that may also play a factor. But we're also talking about a guy who's been in the octagon two times with Anderson Silva. So I, I know personally for me, if that was me, I don't think anything that could really shake me after being in there with, um, in my opinion, the greatest fighter of all time. So I got Weidman in this. I think he's going to show up um, ready to go um, and really put it on him. I think it's going to be a one-sided affair. May go the distance, um, but I got Weidman overall. I'd have to agree with that. And I think one thing that's going to play a, I think it's going to play a big role in it, is the reach advantage. Uh, Wadman's got, you know, he, he's a taller fighter by two inches, but he's got a five inch reach advantage over Romero. I think that could, that could nullify any, you know, I think that could that can nullify a lot from Romero and his game plan of trying to, you know, to go after and stand up with Wadman because I think that he's going to be able to keep him you know, keep him just far enough away to where he's not going to absorb that damage. I mean, he, you know, Weidman absorbs over, you know, three significant strikes per minute uh, compared to 2.11 on average for, for Romero. Um, both fighters land over three, you know, per minute. You know, with a pretty solid accuracy, Weidman at 45 and Romero at 54%. So these guys can really, you know, they can, they can dish it, uh, but they do take some damage. And, uh, I think Wyman's got the cardio just for the simple fact. I mean, the guy's been, I mean, my God, he's been fighting in five round fights for, you know, for a while now. So, you know, as opposed to Romero who have not. So that's where, you know, like you guys both touched on it. The, just the simple fact, I think the cardio can come into play. And I, I think the reach advantage, I think it's going to play a little more into it than what, you know, than what most people are thinking on this one. So that's going to be, it's going to be an interesting 
uh, fight to see how it you know how it plays out. But you know, I'm I'm pulling for Widener because you know he, you know, like you said, Steve, you know he was one of the, you know, he was one of the ones that that really laid the groundwork for it, and you know, and he's fighting his hometown. So hey, you know, you always want to see a guy, you know, win in his hometown because it's just it's, it's ugly if they don't, you know. I mean, he's, yeah. he's the one to bring back that middleweight class belt in back to America in like nine years. I mean, Silva had that forever. I mean, I don't remember the last time. Like, I don't remember who the champion was before Silva. I can't think of anyone. Uh, I, he was Franklin. that guy. Oh, was it Rich Franklin? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a long yep, time ago. Because <laughs> he lost it in Cincinnati. Unfortunately. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, and then to bring yeah. it back, that was a, all that was a while ago. Yep, that was ten years ago, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> Jeez, it's, it's man, it seems like it. <laughs> I, yeah. I you know what? You know, maybe the most interesting thing about this fight, you look at Romero. How how does that guy weigh 185 pounds? I, that is beyond me. I mean, the guy that is I weigh 180, and I don't look anything like that. So good for him, <laughs> but man, dude. Dude, I weigh 180 and I'm 5'7, so I don't know how that's yeah. possible. <laughs> Guy has a beast. <laughs> I'm I've uh, rocketed past 180 pounds, so I can. Uh, I haven't I haven't seen 180 and since like high school, so that's. I'm just, I don't remember those days. Let's put it that way. So, but still, some of these guys, man. I mean, they're. Their figure, it's absolutely incredible on what some of the way these yeah, guys Yeah, looks like he's 240 or 235. I mean, he's right around. That's what he looks like. I mean, he's he's really, really, he, he's got very heavy muscles. I don't understand how it's possible. Maybe he's got chicken legs or something. I don't know. Uh, he could be. Hey, man, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts, man, seeing some of these guys. So, well, hey, let's move on here to the very first uh, title fight that we have of the night. The strawweight title. Now, this one, uh, this one's interesting. Uh, it's obviously, you know, Joanna Jerzejczyk taking on Carolina Kowalkowicz. Both, you know, both fighters from Poland, both undefeated. So some, you know, someone's getting a loss. This one, and this is this one's in, this one's interesting. Uh, we haven't seen uh, Carolina Kowalkowicz, you know, at all. So this is going to be where we're going to see. You know, see what she can bring to the table. You know, Double J, that woman, man, she uh, she's a one-person wrecking crew. I mean, she's yeah, she's nasty. She is nasty. So, you know, when, but you know what? And looking at the statistics here, you know, Double K, it's you know, she's the same way. I mean, they both land a lot. They both land a lot of strikes. Um, so this one's you know, this is gonna be a good one. This is for the strawweight title. Again, both uh, both of them are from Poland, and if you saw the the stare down today, it's pretty interesting. And, and Dana White even he admitted, and you can hear him in the audio that he he effed up as he, you know, Joanna she just kind of she headbutted uh, Carolina a little bit, and they yeah. about threw down. So it's not, you know there's some uh, there really wasn't much lead up going into this, you know, into this fight. But I think after today, you know what? This is one fight I'm excited to watch. This is one of the ones on the card that I'm, you know, I'm going to be definitely in tune to because this, this should be a good one. Yeah, so I'll just say, I, 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 Ioana, 
I mean, I am becoming a big, big fan of her. One, I mean, we're talking about, and not a knock on the women's division, but the straw weight division just, you know, you get down to those lighter weight classes in general, you got to have people interested. And, I mean, she has people just intrigued of her, not only her fighting style, but, I mean, she comes to these interviews, she comes to these press conferences and just flips the switch, it seems like. Um, and, you know, those stare downs are, you know, I would be psyched out about it. I'm sure her opponents are too. Um, and to top it off, I mean, you get her inside the octagon and she is just flat out nasty and fun as a fight fan to watch. So, um, you know, I, I know this is a built up as the two Polish fighters and, and they're both obviously great fighters, but I honestly, I think this, um, of all the championship fights are going to be, is going to be a one-sided affair. Um, you want to, I think probably finishes her um, in the first and second round. I would have to agree. Yeah. Sorry. It took, I, I accidentally muted myself. So there was some dead time on that <laughs> one before I, before <laughs> I was sitting there talking to myself. I'm like, wait a minute. So that's why there was the, the dead time. So my bad, Steve, on that one. That was the beauty <laughs> no, of live, live radio. But I just jumped in. I am so, excited about this fight, so I wanted to get it started. <laughs> hey, well, it works. It's good because I'm yeah. talking to myself on this one. So, hey, it is what it is. So, Jen, what do you think about this one? Like, you know, like you know, Steve touched on, you know, this out of all of them, this is probably – I think overall, top to bottom on this car, I think is going to be the one. It's going to be the the one that's the most lopsided. I'd have to say on the entire card, not just of the three title fights. I think that's how definitely. And that's saying something. That's saying something on this one because mm-hmm. you know. I agree. I agree one hundred percent with. Uh, I agree one hundred percent with what uh, what Steve said and what you said. Uh, man, I, you know I, we've been watching Joanna fight for a while now and. She just I haven't been this excited about a woman's fight since uh Ronda Rousey lost, which was over a year ago. I think was it over a year ago? Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. And this is crazy because they got bad blood and they're both from Poland, man. I, I would think that they were at least uh, do a handshake or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're far away <laughs> from home, man. This is your fellow countrywoman, Jesus. But like well. what he said, man. Yuana is in a class of her own. I think, I think she's. I mean, there's Ronda Rousey, but this chick's going to be undefeated for a long time. Uh, from what I've seen, what she can do in that weight class amongst other fighters, her her hands, her everything, her style, it's on a different level. You know, she's uh she's has zero hesitance when it comes to. Taking hit and countering right away. I mean, that's like, that's like what a guy is doing. I mean, this this chick probably trains constantly guys who are heavier than her. The way she's fighting, so she's not gonna back down like what uh, Steve said. This is gonna be probably the most lopsided and go early. Uh, I was gonna say first round knockout, uh, probably by a knee kick or something, something wild like Joanna does. <laughs> Just because she's three inches taller, man, I think she's gonna try to finish quick with a reach advantage. Well, yeah, she's three inches taller. Plus, I think she's got, you know, I think there's a little extra uh, something that she wants to prove because she, you know, with it being, you know, a, a fellow countrywoman there, you know, she's going to want to, you know, state claim, you know, hey, this is this is me. You know, I'm the I'm the Polish one here. You know what I'm saying? Like something exactly. like that. 
Exactly. And, and she's one. And, you know, in every interview that I've seen with, with Joanne, I mean, I, I see her and I'm like, you know what? I really like her. Like, she's super easy to, like, to talk to and you, yeah. you, you like Very her. Likely. And then you see her in the cage and it's like, oh, my God. Like, she's <laughs> nasty. Like, yeah. Like you said, see, she flips that switch and it's just, good Lord. So, you know, that's this one. I mean, Not. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with you know Joanna on this one and then the first round. I think she, I think she comes out with you know with something to prove, and that's not someone you want. It just you know it kind of reminds me a little bit of Ronda Rousey, you know when she had mm-hmm. something to prove, you didn't want to be in her way, and I think that's how this fight's gonna end up being. I think Joanna, I think she's just you know she's gonna lay the smackdown pretty quick. Uh, yeah, but you know hey you never know. It's you know it's the beauty of. Uh, of a fight, you know, it, you know, yeah, I mean, anyone can win. So that could be the situation on this one, but, um, actually here's, you know, this next fight for the welterweight title is the same situation. You know, Hey, any one of these guys could, you know, either one can, can pull this one off. Well, it's the champion Tyron Woodley taking on the number two fighter in the division, Stephen, the Wonder Boy Thompson, who I'm a big fan of, as you know, as Jen can attest to, because I've told him, I said, "Hey, watch out for Wonder Boy, watch out for Wonder yep. Boy." You know, I've said that a couple times. You did. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I was trying to help you out, and this is the situation here. Watch out for Wonder Boy. Uh, you know, another hometown fighter here in this situation, uh, the brother-in-law of Chris Weidman. So, you know, they've got that little connection there. You know, they those two have been training together. Um, I mean, one thing I don't understand, and I, I've noticed and I want to touch on with you guys, they keep booing Tyron Woodley hardcore, and I'm like, I don't get it. Like, he's these two guys, the respect that they have for each other, it's been awesome. I mean, you could see it in the stare downs and, you know, in the mm-hmm. press conference, everything like that. There's, there's respect that they have for each other, which is mm-hmm. awesome. And I think that's going to lead to a really, really, really good fight. So... You know, Steve. You know, now that I'm actually going to throw it to you and not talk to myself, uh, you know, what are you thinking? You know, looking into this welterweight uh, title fight. Yeah. So, I for me, this is probably the hardest fight to call. Um, I, I both guys are great. I agree with you. I don't know why Woodley is not getting the respect of of being, you know, a champion. And you know, the guy is not. He's not. He's not a bad dude, or he doesn't seem like a bad dude. So I'm not sure where all the booze are, are coming from. Um, now on the other end, I mean, Stephen Thompson is an easy guy to like, so I, I could see that if he has a big fan base there. Um, you know, really, I think it, it's going to be a fun fight. Um, I think the advantage that everybody keeps talking about, and I, I guess this is where I kind of see um, why Vegas somewhat has. Thompson as the favorite. Woodley's main background there is the wrestling, but really he hasn't shot in and tried to take many people down. Now he's obviously been knocking people out, so that's a plus there. Um, but if it's a stand-up, stand-up battle, um, Stephen Thompson has a long history of kickboxing and, and standing up. Um, could he get caught? Yeah, everybody absolutely can get caught. Um, but if it's going to be a stand-up battle, which I, I do think that this one will, um, I could see, you know, Stephen Thompson kind of picking him apart a little bit. And then as the fight goes on, um, 
you know, we haven't seen Stephen Thompson go the distance in five rounds, but um, Woodley has slowed down in some of his fights. So, um, you know, again, this fight could go either way, um, but I'll, I'll take uh, Stephen Thompson on this one. Jen, are you gonna you gonna go with us on this one? Uh, what would yeah, you this was tough, me? man. This was tough, like what uh, Steve said, man. It's just seriously. I mean, how do you go with guys, two guys that both finished top contenders early on? You know what I mean? I mean, they both have power. Uh, Tyler Woodley, one thing he he's he reminds me a little bit of Dan Henderson when he throws. He likes the overhand right. Uh, obviously, what Steve said, he's a phenomenal wrestler. Uh, so with that. I'm guessing his conditioning is probably pretty good too. Still, uh, and Stephen Thompson, or uh, the Wonder Boy, uh, what's his name, Stephen Thompson. Uh, man, from what what I've seen, like what you said before, I, mean, I underestimated this guy, man. This dude has a variety of weapons when it comes to stand up. I mean, my God, he kicks, his punches, and I underestimated his power too. You know, I saw, man, I don't think he's got that heavy in the hand. And then I saw him hit, and I was like, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> The dude's got a lot of power. Uh, he's got – yeah, he knows how to throw. Like, he really does. And uh, this is a tough one, man. I, I really don't know which one to go with just because, uh, I like you said, I like them both, man. I really do. I think both are good guys. Uh, and it's obvious they have respect for each other because they know what the, each other can do, you know. Uh, you know, each have one plus knockout power. Each, I mean, this is going to be a – if this goes a distance, this is going to be an ugly fight, man. I can see they're just getting really bloodied up. Cuts, you know, pretty much, you know, oh. painting the canvas with blood everywhere, uh, just because of what they're capable of. But, uh, you know, I'm gonna go with Stephen Thompson on this one, man. I think he's just gonna oh, get go. really wild. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've I've seen what Tyron Woodley's uh, capable of, and I know what he did last time, uh, knocking Robbie Lawler out. You know, I'm a huge fan of Robbie Lawler and uh, Johnny Hendricks too. So. Oh. You know, when uh, Stephen Thompson beat the crap out of Hendricks and then, you know, Woodley beat the crap out of Robbie Lawler, I was really heartbroken. Uh, but <laughs> uh, Robbie Lawler got stunned. I mean, yeah, he got knocked out, but he got stunned. He got caught. I, I, if I see, if I have to watch uh, Robbie Lawler and Woodley fight again, I will pick Robbie Lawler. Uh, if I have to watch Hendricks and Thompson fight again, I'll pick Thompson. So with that in mind, I'm going to go with Thompson. I think he's going to get the title. Or the championship belt. Yeah, I, I don't and see this fight going uh, to the ground at all. Thompson and Robbie Lawler fight, so I'm hoping for that too. Yeah, I mean that that would be that'd be a fantastic fight. Uh, yeah, I don't see this fight, Jen. I, I like what you were talking about how you know you see this being a bloody one. I can see that being the case because I don't see this fight going to the ground. Um, both guys have really good takedown defense. Uh, Woodley's, mm-hmm. you know, his takedown defense is like over ninety one percent, while Thompson's is over eighty percent. So, you know, that right there, both guys. You know, they're going to stand there and throw it. Thompson lands over 4.6 strikes, significant strikes per minute with an accuracy of 48%. So that right there, you know, shows that, you know, that he, you know, they're just going to stand up. I think they're going to stand up and duke it out. I think this is going to be one. I think both guys are so tough that I think it's going to Mm -hmm. go to the judges card. Um, But I would not be surprised in the least. If, you know, if there's a knockout by, you know, Thompson yep. knocking out Woodley, mm-hmm. you know, because he, you know, he, 54%, you know, KOTKO percentage in this one. So, you know, 
I, it's, I just I don't see it going to the ground. I can either see a knockout or it going to the judges just because I think both guys can um, – they can dish it and they can take it. You know, this is – this one I think is going to be – this is a sneaky fight for a, uh, a fight of the night candidate in my opinion because I think that's oh, how sure. good of a fight this is really going to be sure. as, you know, as title fights go, you know. So, yeah, for sure. I, mean, I totally it, agree. Now, now let's, let's go to the uh, the main event here. The for the lightweight title, you know, this is going to be you know 155, where Conor McGregor is, you know what? In the open workouts, Conor looked really good. Um, you know, this is you know Eddie Alvarez obviously is the champion in this division. Um, you know, I think Conor with the way he's looked coming into this, it's just he's got, he just looks he looked loose yesterday in the workouts. Um, Alvarez, I will say, and I heard this on um, from numerous people, uh, you know, that were in New York. Alvarez looked like he was carved from stone. That's how chiseled the dude was, <laughs> and it's where a lot of guys were saying that they have never seen Eddie Alvarez look that good. Uh, not saying something because Alvarez, I mean, he he looks good going, you know, in every fight that he's come in. The guy's mm-hmm. just cut, but they said this fight, he is. They said he was carved from stone. <laughs> so. I mean that you know that's going to be it's going to be interesting with you know Conor McGregor's looking to make history, and you know be the first fighter to hold two belts at you know simultaneously, uh, you know one forty five and one fifty five. Steve, you know we t- we touched on this a little bit before you know before you know Jen came in. This right here, you know we talked about the build ups, and I just got a text from one of my buddies who. He's not. I mean, he'll watch fights, but he's not a real like diehard fight fan like we are. He just texted me and said, "Man, McGregor knows how to sell a fight. I'm so excited for this." So that's, you know, that's what it's bringing him to it. Steve, you know, we let's, let's expand a little bit on what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. Uh, you know, on this title fight because this is, you know, the eyes are going to be on this fight. You know, from all over the place. Yeah, absolutely, and. Hopefully we're not all exhausted by the time we get there because we're going to go through, you know, almost 10, ten good fights that we're excited about. So, um, so yeah, so you, to your point, so I'm your buddy that is excited about Conor McGregor and listen, now everybody knows Conor McGregor, so there's going to be a lot of picks for him coming into this. So I, I, anybody that's listening or a casual fight fan going into this fight and really wondering who Eddie Alvarez is or why he's there – do yourself a service and go watch his fights with Michael Chandler and Bellator. And it's a shame that yes. they can't promote they can't promote those fights. The UFC won't because it is Bellator. Some of yeah. the best fights that I have ever watched. Um, and that's why I'm an Eddie Alvarez fan. That's why he, you know, eventually made it into the UFC. And his UFC fights, uh, you know, albeit the last one was very excited, haven't been the greatest of fights. Um, but he's there for a reason. And again, watch the, they're on YouTube. I know I've watched them, um, on there. Those fights with Michael Chandler and Bellator are some of the greatest fights you'll see in MMA. So, um, so check that out. All that, all that said, I am going with Conor McGregor in the fight. (laughs) Um, and I'll tell you why, listen, Eddie, Eddie is a great fighter. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets the win. Um, but the one knock on Eddie is that he does, um, what makes those Michael Chandler fights kind of exciting is that 
he takes a lot of punishment. He takes punches. Um, even in his UFC fights, you know, he is, absorbs a lot. Um, and he can bounce back from that, so that's great. Um, but Connor, you know, he's shown knockout power. Um, you know, will that translate into the lightweight division? We'll see. Um, but, you know, his his striking has looked great so far. Um, and so I think, you know, combining all of that with just the moment of being there and being in the main event, um, you know, Connor has had this spotlight on him for a while now. Um, Eddie is saying all the right things. He's a veteran, so um, he's got that going. But when you're main eventing against Conor McGregor in Madison Square Garden, I mean, that adrenaline's going to be pumping for a while. And then, you know, if it goes past the first, second round, um, hopefully he can hang in there. Um, but I got Conor finishing him. I'm going to connect on some punches. I see kind of Eddie fading as the, the fight goes on. So I got uh, Conor. I would say probably finishing him, um, which is no easy task, so I'm not going to say that's guaranteed, but um, I would say in the third, um, if not, maybe the decision still going to Connor. Hmm. Interesting. Jen, what do you think? Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, Here's the thing about Connor. Connor McGregor, man, uh, even a year and a half ago when he was just becoming the, you know, the most notorious fighter, as you say, uh, I was always questioning, you know, like, dude, this guy doesn't have the ground skill to become the best pound for pound. And Chad Mendes has proved it. And I was waiting for Frank Diego to take that ball from him. Uh, now, the last two fights he's been preparing with Nate Diaz has changed the whole game. No, wait, didn't, didn't Chad Mendes get knocked out? Yeah, but saying, he was beating the crap out of him. Out yeah. I'm just throwing it out yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but Chad Mendes <laughs> had two weeks of uh, notice. <laughs> Completely, I, uh, I agree. Uh, yep. Yeah. Chad Mendes made a huge mistake. He should have finished him. He had a chance to finish him for about a minute, and then he missed that chance, and he got knocked out. Uh, that's the kind of thing with him. Conor McGregor does have extreme accuracy when he comes to his, his uh, stand-up games. His kicks are accurate, too, which is rare. For a lot of fighters, mixing punches and kicks, it's hard to be accurate on both sides because you're constantly moving your feet, but that's the thing with Conor McGregor. His footwork on stand-up is phenomenal. Now, the last two trainings he had with Nate Diaz has changed the game for Conor McGregor. He's been preparing. He's been working his butt off on uh, takedown defense. He's a jiu-jitsu game. So, I mean, this is a different game for uh, Conor McGregor. And I can see why he's so arrogant all the time now. He's just going above where he used to be. Now he's just absolutely going crazy, like acting like he's God, because he feels that way. I mean, he's thinking, nobody can mess with me because if they take me down, I have the defense. You want to stand toe-to-toe, I'll beat you so badly, like you said, he will rearrange Eddie Alvarez's face. And when he said that, <laughs> I'm thinking, Conor McGregor's going to throw those sharp jabs or, you know, quick rights. He's going to see where Eddie Alvarez flinch or where the effect takes him. He's going to constantly attack that spot. Once in a while, throw a hat kick. And I think this is going to be like a second or third round knockout of Conor McGregor. I think he's going to be very comfortable at 155. He's used to making 145. Now he's got a 10-pound uh, layaway. Now he can just walk in there feeling very uh, healthy, very good, very strong. Uh, I don't think there's a huge difference in the power difference. I mean, a lot of guys at 145 could easily fight at 155. It's only a 10-pound difference. Like, uh, like if Frankie Hager wanted to move up, I could totally see him. Uh, 
Max Holloway, same thing. He can put 10 pounds of muscle and fight at 155. He's got very lengthy. So I'm I'm very excited, just first of all, because Kyle uh, McGregor left 145 to fight at 170 when he had Nate Diaz, who was way too big for him. I mean, you could tell that at 170, the punching power, uh, definitely the difference of the punching power shows because McGregor's punching, he couldn't knock out Diaz. I mean, he hit him very, he hit him a lot on a, straight on the jaw, straight on the temple. And, I mean, Diaz, yeah, he, he's got the seal of the jaw. But uh, at 155, man, if you hit him right, I think I think he can finish the job. And I hate to see Eddie Alvarez go because he's, man, he's, it's, 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 uh, it sucks. But, yeah, Conor McGregor's here to stay, man. <laughs> and this is it. I, I hope he doesn't say anything stupid after the fight. It will really piss me off and ruin my night. Like, oh, I'm going to take uh, some break and focus on my film career or do stupid modeling or some weird stuff like that. And I'm going to just go off. I'm, I'm going to just be never fan, never be a fan of a Conor McGregor ever again. I don't care if he comes back stronger. I don't care if he's the best fighter he'll ever be. I will never move forward again if he leaves. And he better he, – I mean, if he wants to hold on to 155 and 145, man, he better, he better fight Frank Yeager next or give Jose Alvarez oh, a chance. Well, there's a lot well, of fights. Tony Ferguson, man, if he fights Tony Ferguson, man, that's a different story. I, I tell you what, man. But yeah, this fight, oh man, I just wish Eddie Alvarez was slightly bigger. I just, man, if he was like five ten, five eleven, with a little, you know, more reach advantage. But the fact that they're so similar in size, I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to it though, because like you said, you know, Eddie Alvarez is looking very sharp, cut. He's never been in better shape before, so. I mean, this. I mean, if he wins, man, this is gonna be crazy. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's gonna be wild, man. It's. Uh, I can't wait for it. It's like, uh, I don't even know how to describe the words if Eddie Alvarez wins. You know, it's gonna be. Like, I, I hope people forget about the election and just talk about this for a while and talk about how Conor <laughs> McGregor is a loser. That will be exciting for me. <laughs> well, that's well, you know, going into this, I mean. I'm one. I think I'm one of the only few that's picking Alvarez. You know, I've listened to a lot of, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of MMA, you know, podcasts and stuff like that. You know, from, you know, some from, you know, well-known, you know, writers and you know analysts and stuff like that who are all picking Connor. And I think I'm one of the few that's picking Alvarez. I just think you know he's got cardio for days. Um, I know Steve. You think he's going to wear him down to where Alvarez will get you know a little worn down towards the end of the fight. Which, you know what, could very well happen because Connor, I mean, you know, like him or not, the dude can flat fight. I mean, he, you know, you know, like you guys both touched on, the accuracy of his of his punches is just incredible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his kicks is just, I mean, he's got those, you know, the spinning heel kick, you know, right to the body. I mean, that that's damaging. I just think Eddie Alvarez, I think, I just think there's something in me. I just think he gets it done. I mean, he he's given up the he's given up the reach advantage, um, but I mm-hmm. think I think if it goes to the ground, I think it's going to be a whole different ball game there. Um, you know, because Connor's not going to take him to the ground, um, but I can see Alvarez yeah. really, you know, closing you know closing the distance and really take. He's going to absorb some mm-hmm. punches. That, it's going to happen. Anytime you fight Conor McGregor. I yeah. know. And how Steve, much, you brought up a great point. How much punishment can you take? That's the question. That's the only question I have for Alvarez. You know, I know that he he that's that's how he fights. You know, he that's, that's his style. But now, 
you know, kind of McGregor being so accurate, how can you, how much, how much accurate punches can you possibly observe? You know what I mean? I mean, you know, yeah. some some guys are not as accurate as Connor, so they might miss, they might hit, you know, uh, his forehead or something like that. But Connor, you know, he's extremely common poised when he's when he's inside a cage. I mean, you know, all these pompous acts and his craziness and arrogance. When he's when he's inside a cage, he's game, and he's I could every fight I've seen in Connor inside a cage, he's extremely poised and extremely calm. I mean, he's so focused. He's not that crazy guy anymore. Like his only goal is to literally just destroy you and just put a surgery on you. So that's the question I have: Is, is, is Eddie Alvarez is really is, is his chin and his jaw really as hard as they say? And if it is, man, this could be a different story, man. Conor McGregor's accuracy might not work. He might have to have more power, and Eddie Alvarez can really take the advantage of that and just counter him, take him down when he throws a jab, beat the crap out of him, ground and pound him, because you just don't know, man. He might, he might be just, because uh, you know, I'm sure Conor McGregor hears this all the time too from his haters about how he almost lost to Chad Mendes. I mean, he won it, right? But how he almost lost yeah. it because everybody knows it. So I'm sure he practices it. I'm sure he works on that all the time to not make that mistake again. But Eddie Alvarez is an excellent wrestler, so we'll see. I mean, this this could be a night, man. This is like you said, one of the best cards I've seen. Top to bottom all yeah. the way. It's crazy. You can't miss a single fight. I might not have be able to piss at all. How am I supposed to take <laughs> a bathroom break? It's crazy. I'm going to bring a bucket. Yeah, well, yeah and just, just to add on, so, um, Chris, I, you know, your point, I, you know, actually the, the, when I look back at some of their fights, and, you know, I've already talked about the Michael Chandler fight, which is great. Again, I in, encourage people to go check that out. I, the fight that made my decision actually more go to Connor was Eddie Alvarez's fight against Anthony Pettis, which Eddie Alvarez won. Um, but one, and I, I love Anthony Pettis. He's a great fighter. Um, mm-hmm. I don't yep. think that his takedown defense is as good as Conor McGregor is. Um, and Eddie was gassed in that fight in the mm-hmm. third, really the second round. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if he is going to try to take Connor down the whole time, um, you know, and if it goes into that second, third round, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm with you. It's going to be, you know, this is going to be a really fun fight to watch and one that's going to be, it's going to be intriguing, uh, especially because, you know, with Connor, the history he's going for, um, and 155 is the perfect weight class for him. I think, I think he, you know, he just, he looks better than what he does. When he comes in at 145, he doesn't. He just doesn't look good. He's, you know, just too skinny. I, I think, um, do you guys think is this his? I think this is his like kind of final stop. I don't think he's going back to 145. Honestly, I mean, looking I back agree. at that, I mean, he he looked rough coming into those weigh-ins. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, with a yeah. loss, obviously, it makes it interesting. But with a win, he's definitely, I think, done with 145. I, Dude, think, I couldn't I agree think, more. Uh, yeah, I think what Steve said is a really, really good example. I completely, I, I forgot, totally forgot about Anthony Pettis. I mean, this guy's top ten too. I mean, and it's a really, really good style, uh, similar style to. Uh, uh, I mean, he's not as good in takedown defense, but yeah, it's really similar style to uh, Conor McGregor. Anthony Pettis is wild. He's got very good. I mean, he's third degree black belt in Taekwondo, I believe. And this guy's uh, stand up game is phenomenal. I mean, you've seen the highlight against Anthony Henderson when he literally jumps up against a cage and kicks him in the face. That's one of my favorite highlights. Uh, 
and I think here's the thing that I think Conor McGregor is making a huge mistake. I mean, yeah, he's going to be comfortable at 155, but like I said, there are two weight classes I love right now. It used to be middleweight, or not middleweight, welterweight, when it was like GSP was up there, you know, BJ Penn, but now it's lightweight and middleweight, man. Like, lightweight is so stacked. It's scary. All the way to top 10. Like, maybe below top 10, they're scary. So, Conor McGregor, he wins this, and if he stays at 155, I'm going to say right right now, man. Connor, you're not going to be the champion for long, dude. That's the problem. You probably got to lose the next well, two fights or something like that and go back to 145 and complain about it. Well, little baby. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, Jalen. Let's touch on that real quick uh, you know, before we wrap it up. You know, looking at the rankings, let's, okay, let's, let's look from, um, from 1 to 10 here. Because mm-hmm. I posted a picture on Instagram and I did on Twitter as well to kind of get mm-hmm. people's opinion. It's the, the top 10 rankings. Um, obviously, Alvarez is out of the picture because, you know, we're going to find out on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yep. out of the, the 10, um, you know, how are we going to look here? You know, how many people think that, you know, how many, you know, how many of these guys can, uh, you know, can beat Conor McGregor? The, it seemed like the majority that I was hearing from people was like, you know, anywhere from four to six of these fighters I'm going to read off can beat Conor McGregor. So, you know, with that <laughs> being said um, – you know, let's look at number ten, Dustin Poirier. Do you think, you know, head to head, do you think he beats Conor McGregor? You know, which, no. you know, what do you guys think? You no, know, I don't either. No, I don't think. I don't. I think he's uh, he's ranked a little too high on that. Uh, Dustin Poirier. Yeah, he's kind of a he's kind of a hardcore, but he's he's not a number ten in the world or uh, lightweight. I think, uh, especially after he got his ass. All right, I'm sorry, his butt kicked uh, last fight. Oh, you can say yeah, it, just prove it. Yeah, uh, he uh, yeah he got his ass kicked. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> like, I knew it. You know, he, uh, when he fought, because uh, he used to fight at 145, too, I believe. Uh, you know, he, I think, I don't think he's top 10 quality. But there are guys outside top 10 that could probably whoop him. So, yeah, no, not him. No, not Poirier. What do you think, Steve? Well, you know, if you're looking just talent-wise, I think a lot of, you know, there's, a, you know, we're talking about this division for a reason. There's so much talent. And skill there, and I, I honest, I think Connor gets kind of a bum rap for how much that he talks, because um, I mean his talent is phenomenal too. But the thing that you yeah. always have to remember with a Conor McGregor fight is you are in that moment. Yeah, everybody looks good on a you know undercard or, or main event, but you know Jose Aldo, for example, forget about just the knockout that was so quick. Ten seconds before that fight, he looked like he didn't want to even be in the octagon. Um, and, and you're going to get that now with every Conor McGregor fight. We'll see how Eddie Alvarez uh, reacts to it. Um, I, I know it was before all this, uh, you know, title implications, but um, the Dennis Seaver fight, I mean, Dennis Seaver was like, what am I doing in here? And he just folded real quick. And Dennis Seaver is a really a good fighter. Um, I know. He got folded up really yeah, Dennis Seaver's a, yeah, great he's a hell so, of a fucker. I mean, he just got absolutely murdered. Yeah, so, I mean, I you got to fight, fight I, the moment, though. So. Yeah, I remember, actually, I yeah. talked to uh, Chris about that uh, Dennis Seaver fight. Uh, it's crazy because Seaver was he's a phenomenal fighter. And, yeah, like uh, like six, seven years ago, like he was, you know, one of the best. But when he fought Connor. I knew he was going to retire after. I just did. I mean, this guy, he's fought for so long. And to put him against Conor McGregor, I was, 
not happy about that at all. I mean, because at that time, there were so many other guys that could fight uh, Conor McGregor. So, with that in mind, yeah. I wasn't happy think, about it. Chris, did you say, I, I kind of skimmed over, but was number 10 Dustin Poirier? Yeah, Poirier and number 10. I mean, Yeah, so they they fought, right? Connor knocked him out. Did they? I believe you know it was what? back at 187. I'm getting all these and seeing now my uh, – let me see if I can pull it up here because I was I, – I'm trying to remember. I don't – did they? I should know yeah, that's the that. problem. Let's see here. When they say did, it yeah. makes sense. I want to say it was 187. I could be off on the number. But, yeah, right before um, the Chad Mendes Oh, fight, crap, you're right. It was 178. Uh, yeah. Oh, 178. Okay. Yeah, that was right because that was – I could play free. Hey, knocked him out in a minute 46. I completely yeah. forgot about that. That was right before the Dennis Seaver fight. You were right. I completely forgot about that one. Because yeah, right before that, he uh, – yeah, he headlined uh, UFC Fight Night literally like three months before that and knocked out uh, Diego Brandau. So that's right. Yeah, because that, that was that one roll of, um, Yeah, that's right. I completely yep. forgot about that. Well, do you think now, does that change anything now with, you know, um, with Poray moving up, you know, and that extra 10 pounds? Does that change your opinion on, on everything? Or do you think? still going to be the case that like Connor, you know, he's going to move same situation. You know, now they're, you know, same weight class again. You, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, Jen, I were just talking, you know, I don't think that, you know, I don't, I don't think poor A beats him, but, you know, just someone like yeah. Donald Cerrone who comes in at number nine, just Donald Cerrone beat him. I think, yeah, I think well, so. And I think, so, I think, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think poor A should stay no, at 25. You know what, uh, what Michael Johnson did to him. Uh, yeah. Cerrone. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, Cerrone. I mean, I, you know, I, I honestly think uh, <laughs> I think Cerrone, and I do think that he's going to win on Saturday too. So I think he's going to probably stay in the welterweight division. Um, but it would not shock me, and it wouldn't shock me him getting the fight against Connor either, um, dropping back down to 155 if that presents itself. And obviously, that's a very fun fight for everybody. So um, it, you know, with that matchup though. The one knock on kind of Cerrone is that he's a little um, – he, he kind of stays in one place. He, so he's a big target right down the middle. Um, so, you know, I I would take Connor in that fight. Would you? I I, I, would. I just think there's something there's something about Donald Cerrone that the guy, he, I mean, he eats it. I mean, outside of, you know, when he, he got absolutely trucked by – Rafael de Sanjos, you know, back in, in 2015, yep. so just a little over a year ago, you know, I was so pumped for that fight, and then I was so devastated because I'm like, man, my boy's going for a title, and he just absolutely got he got throttled. So, and that's where the, the striking of, of Connor comes into play because, I mean, obviously we know Connor can hit, and, you know, he sells the fights, and I think a lot of it, like you said, I think, Steve, I think, I'm pretty sure you mentioned it right as we started, He's the king of mental warfare. I mean, he just absolutely will get in your head and break you down. Uh, not too many fighters who, not too many fighters can can overcome that. 
Let's see. Yeah, Let's I think, move uh, to number. Oh, go ahead, Dan. My bad. Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, uh, here's the thing with uh, Connor and him fighting bigger guys. You know, because isn't Cerrone six feet tall? I mean, he's too big, right? Yeah, Cerrone's a yeah. Yeah, he's he's six uh, one. Yeah, he's six one. He's he's comparable to Nate Diaz. Now, I think I think Cerrone hits harder than Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz, uh, his jiu-jitsu game is phenomenal. He's probably world class jiu-jitsu, but I think if Cerrone catches him, I think Conor might go to sleep. That's the difference in the in the power and the reach, because Cerrone is used to fighting a local weight, and if he did fight at a couple one fifty five, I think uh, that I think that's the only reason I pick Cerrone. Uh, like Musti said, though, uh, Cerrone is a kind of big target, but he's also kind of unorthodox when it comes to fighting style. So, yeah, I mean, I'd probably put money on Cerrone now <laughs> if he's underdog, man. <laughs> You know, I'm kind of going through, you know, I'm going through, you know, the UFC, the website here and just kind of you know, looking at some things. Now, looking at Donald Cerrone, his fight night bonuses, he's got five performance of the nights, eight fight of the nights, three knockout of the night, and two submission of the night bonuses. I mean, good Lord. I mean, that guy, my God. I mean, he, man, he brings it. He, I mean, every yeah. fight that he's in, he, he brings it. Mm-hmm. Wow. He fought, he fought work on I mean, he, he fought top level, so. I mean, I don't expect anything less oh, yeah. than he fights. I mean, if, if you have an opportunity presence, he'll take it, I'm sure. And if it's a 165, man, if, if it's a 170, I'm 100% positive uh, Ferroni will win. If it's a 155, the weight cut might be a problem because he's comfortable with weight, uh, weight, uh, wealth of weight. But, uh, yeah, Ferroni, man, I mean, I've seen what he do with uh, his kicks. Uh, I think because of his height, uh, Connor's uh, head kicks kind of, you know, is out of the equation. Uh, I think Cerrone will just kind of like just use his leg kicks, slowly take the front leg out, you know, make the accuracy a little bit less accurate. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be an interesting fight. Though. That that would be another car. I mean, if that happens, my God, that would be wild. Yeah. You know, that... Yeah, that would be, I mean, it would be a good one. That's, yeah, that would be an interesting one. I mean, I'm curious to see, you know, after – you know, after Connor's done, you know, win or lose, I mean, especially if he wins, because he'll vacate the 145. That's, I mean, Dana White said it's his it's his decision to make on which belt he wants to to relinquish. But it's it's going to be 145. Let's be honest. You know, he'll stay yeah. in 155, which I think it's I think it's better lose. Um, I you know I think win or lose. Um, I I think. Well, obviously, if he wins, he's staying at 155. He'll definitely relinquish right. to 145. Um, if he loses, I can see him going back, depending on what happens in the Frankie Edgar fight. Um, mm-hmm. I think I, I think you may see a fight uh, between he and uh, Frankie Edgar because I, I I think Jose Aldo. I think he Sally. I think he's done. He's not real happy about anything right now, and I'm, I, I yeah. just don't see. But then again, though, you know what? Dollar signs change everything. So. You could throw, you know, you could tell Jose, you know, hey, this is the situation here. Here's this check with all these zeros behind it. Now, you know, what do you want to do? And, you know, that can, <laughs> that changes a lot right there. So, but I mean, if you think I about think it, if, Lee, he, if he wins, if Conor McGregor wins, uh, who would you think the next possible uh, challenge is for him at 155? Would you say it's uh, the winner of the 
Kabibba and Michael Johnson, or do you think Tony Ferguson is going to have a shot? I think Tony hey, Ferguson is going to have a shot next. Yeah, Scott I agree, and that would be yeah, <laughs> that would be a bad matchup for uh, McGregor, uh, just because Tony Ferguson is uh, yeah, his chin is ridiculous. Uh, now, if he loses, now once again, if, you, if, I mean, if Michael Johnson, let's say he knocks out Khabib, Michael Johnson against Conor McGregor, or Michael or Khabib against Conor McGregor. Now that's another bad match of Conor. So, yeah, I just don't see him staying at 155 for too long, man. To be honest with you, it just doesn't seem like it's a good idea for him. Uh, because I mean, you're looking at the, I mean, Tony Ferguson. You know, he's won 12 out of his. I mean, he's coming. He's he's well, he's 23 and three um, overall, but he's won his. He's won 10 straight. Uh, dating back to his loss against uh, Mike Rhea, or uh, his loss back in 2012 to Michael Johnson, uh, USC mm-hmm. on Fox 3. So that's how I was, I mean, <laughs> you're looking, you know, four-plus years since his last loss. So I think it's got to be Tony yeah. Ferguson, you know, who who gets that next, who gets that shot at Connor if he, you know, if mm-hmm. he pulls off the other. Well, you know, win or lose, it doesn't matter who's the champion. I think Tony Ferguson's getting the next title shot anyway. I just, he has yeah. to. I, I think That's that he really he staked his claim, and uh, you know he he put his name in the hat there, and I, I think it's the only name in the hat, you know, for a title fight. I it's just uh, that's my opinion, but I just think it's you know just the easiest way to uh, you know to handle this one if you're Dana White. I, but then again, I don't make the fights, so hey, we'll see. So, but I, I think that's going to uh, going to wrap us up. You know, Steve, Jen, I, I appreciate you guys coming on. We'll have to, uh, you know, once our schedules kind of, you know, kind of, you know, go back a little bit. And I know the holidays are coming up, but there's still a couple of UFC cards, you know, the next, you know, couple, you know, a couple of weeks and next, you know, couple of months that are going to be fantastic to watch. So we'll have to, you know, try and carve out some time and do this again because uh, this is a great show. So I can't thank you guys enough. Sounds great. Fantastic. Well, um, you know, I don't know if you guys, is there anything, Steve, I know that you used to do the, uh, I know you used to do some writing. Do you still, you still doing any of that or is it just kind of schedule got a hold of you? Yeah. Well, not, it was more of a, I mean, the the website was primarily focused on boxing and honestly, without getting the, the whole boxing spiel of it, I mean, the sport is, is a little out there right now and, and really not making the matchups. I, I kind of hit on a couple of points in this, in this talk here. I mean, we have a yeah. whole MMA card that we're excited about. When was the last, you know, really big boxing fight besides the Pacquiao Mayweather that everybody was excited about. So that played a factor in that, but, you know, yeah. still got love for the sport, enjoyed and everything. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, the go. only thing I can say is as a fight fan, you never know how things are going to play out. Obviously, boxing huge back in um, the 70s, 80s, and the, even into the 90s. Um, but, again, when was the last time they had a big fight card? MMA is having big fight cards now. This is by far the biggest. Enjoy it. I know I am. I can't wait um, to really just kind of take in all these fights and, and enjoy them. Definitely, definitely. I think uh... – well, Steve, I, I believe Jen and I are going to be watching it at uh, at Buffalo Wild Wings and, and Mason. If you're interested, so I think that's probably going to be our our location of choice. So if you're uh, 
if you're interested, man, feel free to have to pop on over. So, because it's going to be a Sounds good. One. You said this is one. This is one you definitely don't want to miss. You know, if you're a fight fan. So, you know, it's it's an exciting time to be, you know, to be an MMA fan overall. But you know, the UFC is definitely bringing their A game in this one. And they're in this historic, you know, first first card at, at, you know, at the historic Madison Square Garden. You know, the the world's most famous arena, as they say. So well done to the UFC. Uh, again, thank you both so much for, for coming on here. And, again, we'll have, to, we'll have to get it going here in the next, you know, couple of weeks and months, you know, moving forward as as these fight cards, you know, continue to, uh, to be tossed out there. So, you know, with that being said, thank you guys again so much. Uh, you know, I, I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to doing this again. Definitely. Thanks, Chris. All righty. You guys have yourselves a fantastic night and enjoy the fight card. And uh, again, thanks and uh, have a good one. So, you know, with, you know, again, I, I can't thank, you know, I can't thank Stephen Jen enough for, uh, for, you know, for coming on with me. Um, as always, you can check out uh, feeltheimpactsports.com. Uh, that's where I'm going to be working on putting up the UFC 205 preview. I'm working on that. I'm going to hopefully, hopefully get it up you know, either tomorrow uh, which would be Friday if you're listening to this, or definitely Saturday before the fight. Uh, i got some things going on. i got uh, broadcasting a uh, football game tomorrow night, so that way they're wrenching everything. But as always, you can follow me on Twitter at I am Chris Asbrock or at FTI uh, Combat Sports. That's another place you can check out. That's where we're going to mainly do our uh, combat sports and uh, pro wrestling, MMA, stuff like that. Uh, that's through that account. Or, you know, my personal account, I am Chris Asbrock. Uh, so thank you guys so much for you know for tuning in here, and uh, again make sure you check out FTI Sports, um, you know either on Twitter or the website fieldimpactsports.com. Your support's greatly appreciated, and as always check out this you know check out the podcast and uh, make sure you pass the word along. Thank you guys so much. Have yourselves a fantastic night, and we will talk to you later on.